Hi guys, it's Janine, <laughs> um, and welcome to the Genius Podcast. I'm here with Tobias and our guest Celine. Celine. Hi. <laughs> so I don't even know. I think this. I think like this podcast will just be a chat, like a general casual conversation with three people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very excited to be on this podcast. <laughs> thank you for having me Thanks on your couch in your lovely home it's funny because we were just like talking for i don't know what like half an hour before we started yeah. recording but yeah we good but yeah welcome i we just like, came back from showing celine around sorry for saying your name like that celine around the city <laughs> yeah how do you say your name i say my name like celine celine because it's more celine. emphasis on the second part right yeah and i feel like people only hear the same thing if I say Celine or yeah. Celine. Yeah. And to me, it's like a clear difference, but I know for so English like, speakers, it's a bit different. It's like, it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds the same, girl. <laughs> yeah, because so. like, how do you, how would you say it in, if you read it in German? To be uh, I would say Celine. Also. Celine. Yeah. We have an, uh, a version. Lean or lean. Celine. Because I don't think Germans say the E part versus mm. like E. It's actually a pretty popular name right now. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like an C, capital C, or or an S, we have both words. Yeah. So it's the C is most commonly used. This is like when I asked you if you say Honig or Honig, Honig. and you, you couldn't understand the difference between the two because to you they were the same, right? Oh, I hit it. It's the it's, yeah. it's a G. Yeah. Because before I was like, is it Honig or Honig, and you're like, you're saying the same thing. And after like yeah. Honig, yeah, I think it always <laughs> depends. Like, what is like the high or the standard uh, German? Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't know if there is, is there in in Flemish something like if standard yeah. Flemish, yeah, and have... then there are regional uh, yeah. variations. Yeah, there's definitely um, so there's already a difference between Dutch and Flemish, and then you have like standard Flemish, but not a lot of people speak that. A lot of people just speak a variation that's between the dialect and Dutch. Mm. And kind of like a mixture that everyone kind of understands. Uh, there are some people who are less understandable, mm-hmm. uh, including my group of people who are Western Flemish. They are usually the ones that get subtitles. So <laughs> where's <laughs> we, that? What what, what the city? Is? The um, um, Brugge, Bruges. Uh, oh really? Bruges. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and like at there's the beach area as well, like Ostend. Um, I don't know if you know those and where the most of the second world war and first world war happened like those ah. in Flanders fields stuff um, that's western Flanders mm-hmm. where I'm from oh, Okay, and that's like the people who aren't really well understood <laughs> that's so funny Yeah, this, we're basically what Scotland is to yeah. the UK <laughs> that's cool yeah <laughs> but then like did you were you aware of that when you're growing up yeah that, like oh, okay yeah, so- yeah yeah it's it's like it's like the joke as well that we aren't understandable mm-hmm. but yeah people understand us like you just have to adapt yeah depending on the person you're talking to I have like I had my clear accent in Dutch referred to my western flemish but because i studied in like a big city outside mm-hmm. of the province yeah i kind of can get away with like people not knowing i'm from western flanders so yeah it, it's kind of hidden but it has kind of returns and i'm living back in western flanders now so yeah, yeah. 
Oh, cool. How many provinces are in? Ten. We have five in Flanders. Yeah. And five in Wallonia. It's crazy, like, how finely divided it is. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And how, how clear each identity is. Yeah. Like, we... There's like the joke that Western Flanders and Antwerp basically throw shit at each other. And then East Flanders, who is in the middle, like in between us, is like the buffer zone. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like the mixture, like the more to Western Flanders you are, the more Western Flanders people sound. And the more to Antwerp you are, the more Antwerp-ish people sound. Mm -hmm. And then Ghent is like its own cosmopolis thing. Yeah. how is like the German community? Like, how do people perceive the German community um, in Belgium? They are often like overlooked. Like, oh yeah, it's right. There's small, Germans here. It's a very fashion. small community, and they often do like their own thing because they have their own government. And it's like, yeah, especially since I'm from Flanders, and the German community isn't really part of Flanders. Mm. It's part of Wallonia, so we have very little to do with German. Can you roughly explain how the Belgium, like there there are three parties, three languages. So in Canada, there's already like this pride of having, or like the national identity is pretty much like two languages. And is it in in Belgium that it's mainly based on languages or are are there differences also in like customs behavior or stuff like that? Um, I feel like the region is most important in like your identity and the language is a very big part of it because the flemish identity is very very strong like very much in our current political landscape um as many other european countries uh right-winged parties did an uprise as well Mm. in belgium very strongly in flanders wallonia voted uh, pretty much left and socialist Uh and the green party was pretty big um, but yeah, with now a pretty much right-wing part, uh, party, like being the biggest party and having most control in the government, um, there's like a whole lot of laws that will come through with that, like stronger policies on migration and stuff. And a very big part of their plan is also to make Flanders independent from Wallonia wow. and the rest of the country. That's like a really, really big part. So Flanders is currently like the economical peak in Belgium. Like it's the strongest economy. It does it have more like industry? It has more the industry, or, power. Not really industry, or, just um, tourism is bigger, just bigger companies are there. Uh, it used to be Bologna. Bologna was pretty big with um, the mines and car manufacturing. Mm. Pretty big industry like Chalolois was pretty big. Uh. And uh, Leuk uh, as well. Um, but then around the 50s there was like a change in the political and economic uh, landscape and Flanders became more powerful than Bologna and with that our identity became very strong and that is kind of it has always been on the political agenda of right-winged politicians to have Flanders independent and then with the economic strength it kind of became a more of a reality because it would be a we would be able to sustain ourselves we wouldn't need Wallonia to have our resources we could you know become sustainable ourselves 
Um, and yeah, it's it's really strong. And we have like stereotypes about like balloons being lazy, and you know, uh, they are we we as taxpayers, all our taxes go to Bologna, stuff like that. Mm. Um, and Bologna is yeah, as I said, they voted more social. They vote a lot more green, a lot more socialism, and yeah, it's like I used to have a very strong Flemish nationality, or like this is my identity. Um, but you know, as I grow up and I see how our country is being led and how the world is going on, I just kind of stepped away from that and I just realized that that's not the way that I want to personally mm-hmm. identify myself or when I see like the Flemish flags are really I see them as it's a very big comparison as to what the um, the, uh, the confederate flag is to the Americans mm-hmm. it's like very uh-huh. an independent as well it, it doesn't have that racial load it just very, people very use it to have their identity, yeah. to show we are Flanders. This is our values and traditions yeah. and we need to protect them. That's very strong. Yeah. And it's like, what values and traditions is that? It's just being a racist and just <laughs> keeping everyone who isn't a white person out of your borders. Mm-hmm. And people, yeah, they're very strong on, yeah, everyone who comes in has to speak Flemish. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's very strong and very frustrating as well because at a festival um Anuna de Weaver who is a climate activist who's 16 so he's she's basically our Greta, Greta Thunberg <laughs> yeah and she was attacked um there were these guys and they randomly destroyed um people's tents and they had bottles of urine in them oh my gosh and they saw that Anuna de Weaver was there and they threw like at her directly yeah they saw it they did it at random at first okay. but then they saw she was there and she obviously got like the full load of it oh no and um yeah they had their flemish lions as yeah. well as kind of symbolized this is flounders yeah. and uh climate change and they she gets a lot of shit over her mm-hmm. and like she wants to go with by boat to right I think Greta's the same yeah. way. Yeah. The UN climate. Yeah. Doesn't want to like go up by yeah. plane and stuff. Yeah. yeah. She wants to do that as well. And they're also like, yeah, I hope her boat sinks and stuff like that. And it's like, this is a 16 year old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. then And the, the Flemish National Party is really, yeah, that's what they all stand for. Mm-hmm. And it's really disheartening to see. And it kind of feels like my. I, I can't relate to Flanders mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be. I was like proud to say, hey, I'm, I'm from Flanders. And mm-hmm. there wasn't like a motive behind it of, and I'm better than Wallonia. Yeah. It was just, yeah, I'm from Flanders. Yeah. And this is like, that's what, because I, I speak Flemish. And um, yeah, it kind of ruins the. It's hard. Like one day Europe will be consisting only of these micro states. Yeah. If it keeps like this integrating yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would be because really interesting how you were explaining that uh, kind of like a gap between the 
these two parts how how's like the because in germany i was felt uh, belgium is very far like there, there's so many different nations also even like 20 years ago like the already the national team was very like mixed there are people from different backgrounds yeah. like can you explain mm -hmm. a bit about like the migration history the probably like the colonies are a bit part of like also the history now still now right Yeah, I talked actually to Nien today. Uh, we talked about how Belgium had Congo, the Republic of Congo, as a colony. Congo, yeah. um, and, you know, we pretty much had a genocide there. Yeah, Leopold, uh, Leopold. Leopold II. Yeah. Uh, and how like his statues are still up and a lot of people argue now that his statue should be taken down because he's a war criminal. And um, there are, yeah, it, a lot of people lost their lives in Congo during that re regime. Like, um, I think the numbers are similar to the amount of people that lost their lives during the Holocaust. 20 million, I think. Yeah. That's the number. Something like that. And yeah, it's, it's, we deal with it very much. Oh, yeah, it happened, but we don't really acknowledge it. And with like the king, we don't really help hold him responsible, even though he was very much the 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 person that would urge like the the horrible things that happened there, like um, I, I people get chopped up, hands, hands and torture. That's like yeah. brutal. What, yeah, yeah, very brutal, and. Yeah, we had that in our past um, from colonies. We were pretty much one of the last European countries to get a colony because, you know, we're a pretty young country. Um, so we had that. And there are some people from Republic of Congo who live here, uh, usually in like bigger cities like Antwerp, Brussels, you would typically find uh people and then we have we had very strong migrations in the 60s um for our coal mines we had a lot of italians coming in um turkish people as well and we now still see big communities of italian families in limburg which is closest to where mm. you guys are um they are still yeah, very much present there and Uh, we have a large community of Turkish and Moroccan people, uh, Algeria, Algeria, <laughs> Algeria, Al Algeria, Algeria. Yeah. yeah, is is a very strong community as well. I feel like those are the biggest non-white communities. Other than that, there's a lot of Dutch people mm -hmm. as well, French people, uh, Germans probably as well. Uh, but you see in bigger cities, you see the multicultural aspect a lot more you see a lot more people women with uh, wearing a hijab mm -hmm. um uh, well in it's very interesting actually because there's one city in particular ninova um who had his extreme right party become the biggest party in the town oh, in yeah. the city wow and um they did uh, hitler salutations in the streets um, that's scary that's really scary yeah not and regarding the fact that Hitler occupied Belgium but oh, whatever yeah yeah they really are against you know all the the non-white people who live in Belgium even though um, the city isn't so different demographic from the others it's just a really strong sense of identity yeah. that happened there and it happened in that city specifically 
because uh, I feel like the more you go into the cities, the more left-wing yeah. people become more, yeah. you know, okay with having multiple and see more benefits to having a multicultural society right. rather than preserving our values. I'm, yeah. And I'm <laughs> quoting that uh, between, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they exactly mean by values and traditions. Because, yeah. you know, it's all very relative to me and I don't see how what things they need to preserve so bad that mm-hmm. are what, what they are scared of because it's Bages it's from strong beer huh? yeah from <laughs> our strong beer and our fries and our chocolates um like growing know. up did you have an idea of what this like what these values were or was it more of just like the fact that i don't know it's kind of like when i say like i'm from canada like i'm canadian and it's more yeah. of just like well what is canadian it's like it's a bunch of things i can't yeah. say specifically yeah i i didn't feel like there's like one like traditional thing we have our center class mm-hmm. which is i don't know if it, it's a i know it, in some parts of german they do it as well like around 6th of december they have the saint nicholas yeah, thing saint, yeah. and with like black pete mm-hmm. we, we don't have this tradition yeah. oh. but i heard it in the netherlands was also de- yeah. debated where like this black face do you guys also have okay yeah um it's a a joint holiday mm-hmm. so uh it's basically our version of uh, Father Christmas right. Santa Claus and he has a helper multiple helpers who are all in blackface and mm. uh, he comes on a boat from Spain <laughs> to okay. to the Netherlands and mm. Belgium yeah. and there are certain drawings and you see like black peats who are working on the ship mm-hmm. like even like in like the lower deck yeah and we have Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, who is on the deck, ready to go to the children. Rumble and then in the jungle, like Le- Leopold did. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yep. and you have, um, when the kids are bad, then Black Pete will take you and put you in a bag oh and punish gosh. you. <laughs> I never liked cake. Cause like the only... what, what's your take on it? Because you're, you're like from Canada, you don't have these. Yeah, like cultures. I only heard about this whole like black pete thing from like i think which was it vox that did a like a small segment on on it and that was like the only exposure that i had to it Mm -hmm. and like like they were obviously trying to cover both sides to see like where they're coming where these people are coming from so the ones that they like they said that it was also just like from working in like like around coal and like that's just soot on your face but then i think also it's just like the way that they would kind of put the makeup on them was so it doesn't sit on your face like that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> cold seems like yeah. randomly so, on your face. yeah i don't know it's like i always like it's really hard for me to say as somebody who's not directly involved because i don't want to make accusations that aren't true mm-hmm. but yeah like it's it there are a lot of red flags when you like describe it. I didn't know it to the extent that you just described, so I was just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, um, that's like the reasoning behind like why his face is yeah. black, uh, but also what a costume usually involves is like red lips, mm-hmm. uh, hoops, jewelry, mm-hmm. and like a certain costume as well. Yeah, and it very much when now that i'm older and wiser and know more about the world it really is 
slavery. Uh, yeah. it, it can only be one thing. You can't hide behind the, oh, but he climbs through the chimney yeah. and that's how he gets in. Because yeah. that's the story that uh, Black Pete goes through the chimney and he opens the door for St. Nicholas to come in and bring in the presents. Mm-hmm. But I remember even as a child, I was skeptical. as why doesn't he just wash his face? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like, why, why does he have to be black? 24-7. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it gives the impression that being black is... Uh, yeah. It's like a... It's like, kind of like a dirty thing. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, it's uh, like, yeah, he doesn't wash himself, basically. So... Um, and that's like what a lot of um, black people say, that they got told around... That it was a very difficult time around 6th of December, like mm-hmm. a bit before that, that they will, will be called dirty and like, yeah. uh, oh, black Pete and don't put me in your bag and yeah. don't, you know, stuff like that. And that's that's when you know your tradition isn't really as harmless as you think it mm-hmm. is. And you kind of have to redefine and rethink right. your... What, what what your culture is and there is a pretty easy alternative which is what happens in most cases now is that you have just the normal costumes and just a, a bit of black on the faces yeah. like what actually would look like if you would work around the chimney yeah. or like you, you would touch your face and there's like a, a few swipes of yeah. black and now he's also not called black pete but you know the dust Dusty Pete. Dusty Pete, basically. <laughs> uh, Root yeah. Pete for Dutch speakers who are listening. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and, and it, it is changing, but a lot of people kind of thought that with the discussion, it also meant that Black Pete would be taken away and like the yeah. tradition would. And I understand yeah. that, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. That was never implied, that was never said that the. And it was like, oh, but this is for the children. Right. And I want, I grew up with it and I want my grandchildren and my grandchildren to experience that as well. It's like, not, no one is taking that away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also sounds like you are having more trouble with it yeah. than your child would. Yes. Your child doesn't care if mm-hmm. it's Black Pete or Dust Pete. <laughs> maybe it's like, maybe there's a different word that. Yeah, probably. Wait a second. <laughs> wait, wait, how did you say it in Dutch? Root beats. Root beat. It's all like language, like Rusty. there's like uh, it's, it's language not... framing. It's I think here uh, also yeah. a thing, but uh, it's also like it's not like an old tradition. Let's say that is something from Christianity, right? Yeah. It's, it's something new. Like it's yeah. probably like for how long? Maybe one. Oh no, years, it, it it comes or... from Christ, uh, Christian view. It's is, okay. it's Saint Nicholas. So he this... was an actual person who lived, and he apparently did good stuff for children. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how he was honored and celebrated and he eventually became an actual saint and yeah like it is the same from Santa Claus Santa, it's yeah. the same mm-hmm. it's also Saint, saint Nicholas yeah. we just have a different interpretation of it like we grew up with knowing that Santa Claus isn't real but Santa right. Claus Saint Nicholas yeah. is real Yeah. so we we just know that you know we we can we we never grew up with the idea that the the Christmas one is the real one because right. they they are very similar. They mm-hmm. both right wear red. They have a white beard. They're old men and they have like they have like some presents and they have both 
slave people. Yeah. One, they are very clearly slaves, <laughs> and the others are just elves who yeah. are also slaves. But it's not as you know, it doesn't have the racial <laughs> bit yeah. slavery. <laughs> it doesn't have the heavy tones. Yeah, it. yeah, because oh, yeah, it's soot. 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 Oh, okay. Pete. Sooty. Sooty Pete. <laughs> That's funny. No, like, because in, in, like, at least Canadian or American, like, so Santa Claus and St. Nicholas are, like, the same person. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm. you even have the songs, like, Jolly Old St. Nicholas. It's, like, mm-hmm. talking about Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, St. Nick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, but you guys have um, St. Nicholas and the Weihnachtsmann, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, kind of like in Belgium. So you have, like, I would the say, but the, there is, like, there's what I, I heard about this uh, tradition with the, but then this black, this is what I mean, meant, like, the black fasting is something that was added right with uh, or there was maybe um... it has been around there's like old images like it's not like something that was added like 20 years ago oh, or okay. something that's not the case it has always been to that extent maybe like he looks a bit fancier than he did mm. uh, but it has always been a part that there was a black person basically mm-hmm. um, being a part of it and did this have to do at all with like the Congo and like uh, I but it's also Dutch so maybe not oh the Dutch had a they colonies had... <laughs> they had South Africa and mm, like true. parts yeah. of uh, in... Southeast Indonesia in... I yeah. think that's mm. Dutch well. India yeah. company and... um, yeah we both have our you know racial uh, colonizing past and I don't know it especially there are certain drawings that I saw a that was actually what sparked me to be like okay this is actually it's right it's wrong because um I remember the conversation started when I was 17 and I was like hell no you're not taking Black Pete away like mm-hmm. what are you talking yeah. about like I didn't understand it was pure yeah. ignorance and me being like why would you take it away mm-hmm. uh, like what's the big deal and then I saw this interview of um, like Flemish journalists who would go to the UK and they showed like the pictures of like, hey, this is a, a tradition in Belgium. This is basically our Santa Claus. Oh, no. And they showed the images and there were literally people who were like, you can't show these things oh, here. We do not appreciate yeah. that. Do not yeah. talk to my kids. Because yeah. there was a person dressed as Black Pete and... Like stay away from my kids. We do not condone this. Yeah. You have you have that as your culture, but this is not what right. we do. And that kind of made me really like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah that I needed that outside perspective. Mm-hmm. I needed that shock reaction to realize, oh, actually, you are right. Yeah. Um, because it is when you think about it, right? Really bad. But like how um. Like, do you consider that, like, would you say that a lot of younger people, like, your age also have this idea that, like, well, we need to take a step back? Or is it really, do you feel that you kind of took a different path from some people? Uh, I feel like in recent years, people have started to agree that the soot peat is a better alternative. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, with social media and stuff, it kind of... Um, is spread around more that blackface is an okay thing to do mm-hmm. mm, but I feel like the general public still has doesn't see anything wrong with it because mm-hmm. ignorance is bliss and right yeah um, I feel 
like especially stayed in the around the church basically and are like these are our values and we have to protect <laughs> yeah. them that's where it all comes from and they feel you feel the need to protect that because mm-hmm. they already feel like they need to share that space with the foreigners mm-hmm. and um they don't want to have that part taken away from them yeah. which is not the case it just needs to be reevaluated as our society is changing yeah basically it feels also like something that is more like an and not an enemy but it's it's defining your identity through something else which is actually a common process like mm-hmm. you're defining yourself by distancing towards something that is alien or sorry to you but i think the better it would be to define yourself through yourself like uh, through something positive right so i think that's the case in in a lot of western european countries also in germany we had kind of similar discussions about like what uh, language to use but i think it's why don't you then if they all talk about like yeah we have to protect our values then find something like yeah. strong that mm-hmm. that everybody can identify with without like um trying to dis- like using the other like the yeah. enemy I- image mm-hmm. but you can only develop strong internal power by defining yourself and yeah. not by or if you always distance yourself it's it's a bit like yeah. whack it's not working yeah. so well i think whack. whack yeah i think it's like i think it makes sense though because like when you kind of develop your identity around something and all of a sudden it's changing you start to go like okay then like what am i mm-hmm. like what what's my purpose here yeah. so i think that's why people tend to really grasp on like tradition because if they've formed their identity around it once that's taken away they kind of are a bit lost, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it's just a matter of like, for like for me, for example, I've had to go through several changes of trying to figure out like what my identity is. Just like moving around and realizing that like what I used to associate was like what I was was changing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think it is just like a matter of um, like I don't think I changed in the same way that like people have to change with like accommodating mm. for different cultures, but. Yeah there is definitely this sort of like sense of meaning that is lost when you have to make these changes. So I get why people are so like really holding on to what they consider these values, but I don't know, like you also just have to be considerate. (laughs) Yeah. And it's then so very hypocrite that when the red devils are playing it's tous ensemble yeah, tous ensemble <laughs> yeah and then, then it's we like, are belgium yeah, and yeah. then they score and then they, they score like and the they're all black people yeah. and then it's like yeah but they're the good ones you yeah, know then yeah. that argument they're not comes. like other yeah. ones yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah then it's it's so funny just to see how quickly the lion flag gets then changed with our tricolors mm-hmm. and being like yay red yeah. and it's just like yeah well why can't you be like this yeah 24 7 the whole year round and only yeah it, it's it's frustrating to see in a way and mm-hmm. being like hey buddy what up uh but then again i feel like that's just a very effective political strategy to to just find a group mm-hmm. of people and being like, that's the reason why our country is shit. And mm-hmm. if we get them away, then yeah. things are better. Hence, you know, Germans with Jewish people, 
USA with Mexicans mm-hmm. and here in Belgium it's us against Bologna and just all the non-white people that yeah. live here and come to migrate and just the whole migration crisis itself mm-hmm. just to close the borders and um, they want to we do have an exam to become like a citizen of Belgium mm-hmm. but now they uh, now it's just that part- participation is um, you need to particip- participate but you don't have to uh, you know get enough point the, the point system doesn't matter point. you just have okay. to you just have to be there and show up yeah but now they really want to grade people right and make it a, a lot more harder well like the canadian system. yeah the canadian system is yeah, kind of like that canadian system. Mm-hmm. Also in yeah because germans are trying to change their for like what do you call that their policy of like, like green card system yeah having, similar uh, to canada's point. It's a lot harder now to immigrate into Canada than it was before because I think mm-hmm. now they're really trying to like it's kind of like if you have a certain education then you're more likely to get in mm-hmm. or like yeah things like that the, the, the right yeah people the <laughs> <laughs> need to come in yeah here in, in Germany they always mention also like but, but Belgium has like a lot of um, there were a lot of attacks also like yeah. they had these like Mullenberg. Like there is an area that also uh, was um, where a lot of people went into like uh, Syria. Yeah, and, uh, like, Sharia for Belgium was yeah. pretty big. According to the per, uh, population, I think the largest in Europe or so. Mm-hmm. But maybe that also triggered like this uh, right reaction. I mean, mm-hmm. there wasn't uh, like in, in uh, the airport, the, the attacks on the metro and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it, it's very psychological um because i took psychology <laughs> once <laughs> upon a time and we saw that if there's an out group um they will always be perceived as larger than they actually are yes. just yeah. because yeah. they are there and um i feel like in molenbeek um it's true that there were a lot of people from different backgrounds there and it's also the case that they didn't find the terrorists very quickly because the neighbors weren't as cooperative to help the police Mm -hmm. but then again you have to realize that these communities they are not protected by the police at all. If anything, they are targeted and we are like, hey, what are you doing here? Yeah. So, of course, you're not likely to help someone, and like the police in this case, um, to help identify someone. You just, you know, being like, okay, it's not my business and you just continue with their lives, which I, I imagine is the case for a lot of people. Sure, a lot of people probably knew who the terrorist was and just protected him as well. There's two sides to everything, mm-hmm. but... I do feel like the people there were basically blamed and yeah. were seen as, oh, you co-conspired yeah. with, with these terrorists yeah. and you're all the same anyway and you're all Muslims, you know. Yeah. They're uh, all in the same Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, that's actually a big conversation that needs to be had because there are large... Um, communities of mm-hmm. people with different backgrounds and it's what are, what is their place in society mm-hmm. and 
um, even if they want to be successfully integrated, do we even give them the chance to be be fully a Belgian person? Because yeah. mm-hmm. we still see that. Well, but it, are they really Belgians? Mm-hmm. And what what when does a person become a Belgian? Like, do you have to? you know celebrate saint saint nicholas and uh, you know eat a bunch of marzipan (laughs) you're you're like a proper belgian person and you need to eat fries every day with chocolate sauce on top of it Uh, it's just just say you're racist and go basically Um, because they are never gonna be able to be good enough to be considered a belgian Mm -hmm. in some people's uh, ideas and for that they will never have the same rights as I do mm-hmm. and be protected in the way that I am and um you know yeah and these people are just trying to like better their lives yeah. and improve the lives of like their children and stuff so it's just like I don't know it's difficult it, and it's kind of hard to really empathize with that until you're on like until like you have to experience but well, I don't know it's a mix because on one hand, it's also unfair to say that, like, Belgians or, like, there are people in Belgium who aren't, like, suffering and they aren't dealing with, like, problems. No. Sure. And I think maybe because they feel that they're not represented, that they blame, like, this other group. who are like, oh, they're getting more attention than we yeah. are. That's often, like, an argument that's, like, oh, um, an immigrant comes in here, he they get a house, they get support, they yeah. need it. And that's... <sighs> That's, those are like the urban legends that spread around mm-hmm. that, that it's so easy yeah. to come in here yeah. and that they basically went on the yacht to yeah. <laughs> and just took a trip to Belgium yeah. and that they lived this fairy tale life and they just kind of stumbled here and then like knocked on our doors and everyone was like, come in, please, yeah. have a house, have some money yeah. and you can live here. And of course, there's a lot of, you know, lower social classes who are especially like no to the foreigners because we need help as well and that's true they need help mm-hmm. but don't blame it on them yeah exactly. blame it on the politicians yeah. and it's usually the politicians that want you to blame the other group yes. that you have to go against yeah that's so, basically how like trump came yeah, to power yeah yeah it's it's very similar to yeah. here and we have basically our own bit of a trump but he's a lot more you know thinky he is a lot more smarter <laughs> and he he actually knows what he's doing and that's What's his name is it? it's Bart Weaver. Uh, but, oh yeah okay. um, but he it's is like not Kedwil, yeah basically um he uh he's not from the extreme right party but he really wants like Flemish independence as well uh you know Dries van Langehove, that cool guy mm-hmm. from the student group. I don't know if Nien uh, no, told I, you. you need to tell him about it. Okay. Oh God, this where do gonna, we start? This is this is gonna be a long ass podcast. <laughs> it's pretty scary. Yeah. So basically, you know, like this idea of having like very very right wing like supremacist like white supremacist kind of group. Like you think that it's like older people. Yeah, and just like, basically like a bit of a redneck stereotypes. Yeah. But, oh no, in Germany there are a yeah, lot of young people. Yeah. It's not, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, but f- to me that kind of was like the older generation, a bit of a lower class, maybe. Mm. That was you the know, idea, yeah. That was my idea. And I think for a lot of people like my age, like my uh, the people I hang out with, 
And, you know, at my university, Ghent University, shout out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never graduated, <laughs> though, but... <laughs> Um, there was a student group who has these really right-wing ideas, but they kind of disguise themselves as, oh yeah, but we feed the homeless mm. and um, they they do kind of you know, they feed the homeless if you have the right color, I guess. Um, and they have these Discord groups in which they would share their ideas, and there were like memes in it and. Like very, you know, very racially charged memes, and basically they are alt right. Mm. Like what we have in the US, that's basically what they want to do as well. And like the whole Charleston thing in the US, it's basically those people. They are also young white men who are educated. Um, the the big boss of them, Dries Vallangenhoven, is studying law. Um, I say he is studying law because he was kicked out of our university and he, you know, can't finish his education because of, you know, our um, university doesn't condone condone his behavior, which is good. Um, And, you know, he gained a lot of fame over the past few months in a way that uh, even though during this whole documentary because it was kind of documented as hey we want to follow you because we we, you know this ambitious young man very interesting and it was you know delved in a bit deeper to see what are the what is the real reason this group was started what are their real motives because it's not you know helping old ladies cross the streets it's you know having they are chats in that discord that were disclosed and uh, they were basically that they want to have Bel- Flanders from Antwerp to uh, I don't know the city but it was a city in Congo so <laughs> <laughs> they want to you know colonize uh, recolonize, recolonize. So, it's so like backwards. it's bringing Leopold the fourth yeah they they, the they basically are very Having pro ha, ha, yeah <laughs> have uh, have those statues up you know yeah. um, and there's actually in the original clip uh, from the documentary that was made you see Tgravsteinigent which is you know an old um, castle, castle thing. thing I saw it uh, you saw it <laughs> <laughs> and there was a peaceful um, action going on from pro-Europe people who want to you know support that we should open our borders and you know have a better migration plan it's not ideal what's going on now but you know closing the borders isn't the answer and you know just letting all the people in you know it has to be a bit divided it has to work out better we have to find better ways to to deal with that problem basically and that was kind of um the group what was they were standing for they had a big flag of the european union on the castle and they the group of the students wanted to make like a counteraction, so they stormed the castle. Basically, they ripped their flag, and you know they fought with the protesters. And yeah, it was very harrowing to see how they would do that, and it's also very scary to see that 
they are very much uh, want to be want to bring back the healthy Flemish family. Mm-hmm. So they are like, yeah, um, a lot of people our age don't want to have children anymore, um, but we think it's good to have like a mom and a dad and children and you know have them grow up to be healthy have yeah. them eat meat not vegetarians because you know we need we need all meat protein remember hitler was vegetarian yeah but i don't think they i don't think they they will be like no that's not true they'll be like fake news because <laughs> they are like that and yeah they're they're not great people and it's very scary to see how big of a group it is in a city you used to study in Mm -hmm. and you're like and it's quite a like left-wing city too yeah yeah it used to be uh very left-wing then very progressive Mm -hmm. open um and it's scary to have that um because that's not what my my city Mm -hmm. is like uh, at all yeah and it's scary to I just read, I, I couldn't stop thinking that I could have gone on Tinder and matched with one of those guys. Yes. Yeah. You can't see. You have they no were idea right, but you have no idea until yeah. you would talk to them. Or maybe even not straight away. They would yeah. maybe hide how they are truly feeling, but now it's kind of more accepted. And then like, yeah. now they're like, yeah, I'm a racist, so what? And. <laughs> It's like, okay, buddy, just have a sit down, okay? Yeah, like if you're on Tinder, do you usually, is it easy to tell like now? Are they a bit more like, oh. this is me, this is my identity? Or is it still kind of like I haven't playing Russian roulette? I haven't found like <laughs> once before, so I have no idea. Okay. I, I haven't been actively looking for yeah. a, a right-wing person. Yeah. I do have in my bio that I don't want to have them. Okay, well, then I guess it also helps though. Yeah. Saves you some time. Yeah. That's because like like politics is just not something that people talk about when yeah. you're first yeah, getting to know each other like not a tinder topic yeah. I would say but then, like, once you like finally learn about this it's like you've kind of reached a point where you're just like oh mm. like we already like have been talking yeah. for a little bit yeah. I know that to some people politics doesn't matter mm-hmm. and I understand that uh, I just don't feel like I can be that person right. who's like yeah it's fine because <laughs> uh, climate change yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just not that person at all i'm yeah. very politically <laughs> yeah when do you and get your, your news like what's your what do you consume is it like uh, it's twitter twitter because <laughs> <laughs> but you studied it right also like um social studies i um not social studies uh i had four years of psychology one year of criminology um but so um i had a bit of sociology in it um but it wasn't like a big part of my courses to study society or something so it's mm-hmm. not that uh we do i do think i'm more inclined to check sources be like hey is this really mm-hmm. true and be like you know yeah it's funny if, i don't know, interesting i would say like for psychology students it's always like you learn really like the mechanisms behind like every behavior all the biases or heuristics how you judge people mm-hmm. decision making i think then you're already like well equipped but maybe ever like uh, ordinary people without education they just take mm-hmm. everything more for granted like they if you like send them a, a source that says okay 
again like the the migrants were riding on the streets and you don't have like the s stats in the background and you cannot really make sense of mm -hmm. uh so it, it really plays like the social media way like always plays uh, into like the hands of people that are maybe not having the this uh, background to really double check uh the, the sources and so yeah i feel i went to a seminar of a former um american um what i call like the ambassador of america in the belgium mm -hmm. he gave a seminar at my university and i went with a friend and that this was just before the 2016 elections and it was about the elections and how he kind of fused it um he was a close uh friend of obama he was closely uh, in his election campaign when he was getting elected and stuff and he kind of gave me some insight that both sides both democrats and republicans kind of just live in their own circles like on social mm -hmm. media democrats only saw republic mm -hmm. bashing and republicans only saw democratic mm -hmm. bashing so you both are not getting the full picture right. of the truth they're yeah. both very biased and that's why I was quite hesitant to be like, it's Twitter where mm. I get my knowledge from, because I know it's very biased and I know that things might be turned to a certain, to, mm. to, to equip a certain narrative mm -hmm. that might not be the best. And I do want to make an effort to find more reliable sources, but then I'm like, is a newspaper that much better? Is, mm -hmm. you know, classical way of news it's very hard yeah definitely. in this landscape to find the truth right and it's also difficult because like sometimes when you hear um people reporting it from the other point of view it's like i don't know i don't know but like there's a part of me that also just like doesn't want to hear it and i don't know mm -hmm. if that is oh. <laughs> and i don't know if that's just like me not being open-minded enough or yeah. just kind of i don't know because nobody doesn't want like nobody wants to hear something that you just like don't agree with mm -hmm. and you're just like well i don't know i would like to be more open but there's a reason why people gravitate and you have these like echo chambers is because yeah. you want to hear the things that like reassure like what you believe in yeah yeah i feel when I, I very strongly believe that giving certain people a platform strengthens them. Mm -hmm. Like if I strongly believe that if Dries van Langenhoven didn't have the media attention right. they he, they had, uh, he wouldn't have been elected. Same with Trump. If he didn't have the media coverage, he didn't have his yeah. Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon interview where Jimmy just went through his hair and yeah. kind of turn him into this person he isn't yeah. it would have gone very differently yeah. I feel like in some cases cases as a journalist you have to make a decision do I want to portray yes. their opinions and wouldn't have been better to um, just leave that out and keep the truth instead mm -hmm. that's my favorite book that's for the topic of social psychology experiments so bad we cannot see it. It's uh, by Daniel Kahneman, Thinking mm -hmm. Fast and Slow. It's super cool. Like it gives you so much perspective on how we judge people, decision making. A lot of examples, really fresh. He's a 
an illuminary person in, in in this field i think he won the nobel prize for medicine his mm -hmm. it's just amazing i think for me reading like these uh, some of these books really gives you more perspective yeah but i don't know if, if so <laughs> that's applicable for, no, but like, for what, a lot of people so like is it more of like does it take current topics and like break them down or how did like so the main idea behind thinking fast and thinking uh, thinking fast and slow is that we judge in basically like two systems. One is oh, like yeah. this mm -hmm. fast system, which is like our emotional immediate, uh, yeah. immediate uh, response. And then he has dozens of examples, like you judge people, you judge, or you have to estimate a certain sums or so. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, he has this example where he primes people, he spins a wheel, and this wheel is um, is kind of like faked because it has a low number, like a 10, and a high number, like 150 or so. Then he spins the wheel, and then he makes people judge how many countries are in the UN. Like, I think there are like 190 countries, mm -hmm. and the people that had to spin the wheel and they had like the low number, they always estimate lower mm -hmm. when it's... Yeah. Uh, on the high number, they estimate higher. Mm -hmm. So that's basically the example for priming. So mm -hmm. what, like, subconscious uh, decision making uh, based on stuff that you do not like really process, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had a lot of priming examples and stuff yeah, in perfect. psychology. Um, like, I remember we had this exercise of just characteristics of this person and he was described uh, to one group as reckless um, no thinking spontaneous adventurous uh, and it basically went from negative type of traits to positive type of traits so it was basically this adventurous person who kind of did things on the limp and, and kind of mm -hmm. decided okay let's do this let's do that but it might have some negative consequences mm -hmm. and you just had to rate how you view them but they all had the same traits mm -hmm. they saw but some of them saw the ne negatives first some of them saw the positives first so of course that changes their opinion so the people who saw reckless first they yeah saw him as a, a dangerous person and people who saw spontaneous first mm. I don't, as like an uh, easygoing social yeah. he's like a nice person to hang out with yeah so i understand where you are coming from and i think that's that's um what you want uh like i what we i was talking about with Nina that that kind of influence that that's what you want to highlight in those political characters like mm -hmm. trump he stands for the people he wants to make america great again and it's like oh, bit he wants to build a wall and keep this yeah. <laughs> that's like part of it and that's like kind of not focused on that it was you know I hate it how much how much media attention it because all because they thought got. it was a joke. Yeah, so they're just like, look at this guy. It's yeah. funny that he's running yeah. for president, and that's mm -hmm. why he got so much coverage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's also it, it just meets the zeitgeist, so to speak. Like it's more about mm -hmm. nowadays, like more about like how much attention you can draw yeah. on your yeah. facts. Yeah. So it it was just like, especially I think in the US, 
it's important to tell the story and the story of Trump was more exciting than, than Hillary Clinton's mm, story yeah. and then he did this like yeah Hillary Cl uh, Crook uh, yeah uh, yada, those yada, emails yada. just and got way out of proportion mm -hmm. you yeah. know but now in Europe, we, we basically copy a lot of stuff yeah. from the US. Mm -hmm. That's what I always keep telling you. Mm -hmm. we, we, ju we just copy everything, in, uh, whether it's in um, startup culture or also in the political sphere. So after Trump, they were like panicking about getting uh, Trumps in Europe. And it actually came true because mm -hmm. we had like in basically all European countries like populist movements but not only there but also in brazil and all yeah. a lot of other countries mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like if Lise van langenhove was very much into the political landscape and he was very you know present on twitter as well mm. uh, which is you know a common <laughs> demeanor of mm -hmm. oftentimes to spread their word there and kind of have their the stories have a run with the truth and, mm -hmm. and you know from the outside he looked like a, a nice he he is like charming a charming good he educated good looking well, like, yeah he they really yeah, focus on appearance yeah yeah and yeah. he was had like nice fitted suits yeah. he looked like someone who got his shit together yeah. and he spoke he speaks eloquent eloquently and you know and now he's uh, a member of the parliament. <laughs> well, in hey. in the in that documentary, he was like, "Yeah, but we're not uh, part of any political movement. We're individual." <laughs> and he came up as an individual candidate on yeah. the extreme right yep. list. So fun times. Mm, yeah, because like I know we, were, we even we were talking about how like you're just like if because we do like Germany does have like a like an alt-right party but they've mm. for the longest time they've never reached enough popularity to yeah, make any seats but mm -hmm. i think now that things are changing it's like that number is slowly growing correct me if i'm wrong to be as yeah but i remember I think you it's, i think the tendency was already there i uh, think it's it's always in the populace and okay germany is a bit special because then we had this a refugee crisis um, where from all sides like they had like people giving up their opinion and it was a bit crazy because before we had this welcoming culture where they are like it's typical right. for German like they were, they are so like extreme whether it's on one side and how quickly that turn uh, was just yeah. it was insane like so first people are greeting and applauding and giving like flowers and then uh, in like a short period of time that completely turned back and they were like uh throwing like molotov cocktails on like refugee homes and stuff like mm. that so it's just yeah it was just very extreme a lot of people think now of course the refugee crisis was also something that it was a bit like chaotic like mm -hmm. everybody yeah, it, like it was yeah. I think what what I what my take on this is that I would criticize why didn't they like this refugee crisis could have been averted if they could have had a strategy before that there was no clear strategy mm -hmm, no. and it was clear like there was Lampedusa there were uh, uh, yeah there, there were sunken ships five years yeah. before like mm -hmm. why didn't they have a strategy before yeah and then like this decision was just like 
from Merck was just basically to um, appease the, the people, but there was no real strategy behind mm -hmm. it. So I think they could have averted this whole right swing if they had a strategy before. Yeah. So it's too bad how, how yeah, now like the right dominates pretty much like the political discourse. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, unfortunately, this is like a, this is like a really interesting conversation, mm -hmm. and I actually like want to talk a lot more about it. But we, we can, we can, if you want, we can do. Yeah, we should catch up on that. Yeah, uh, for sure. Maybe you also wanted to find out how you guys uh, met. Yeah, we never. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm here as well. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like, this is just gonna be a casual conversation. Yeah, we're like, like, we're like, like politics. <laughs> that was amazing. Like, we learned so much about badge and the the, the split between flemish valonic uh, parts of the country that was like oh, what do you say like yeah i didn't know so much about it and i learned a whole also lot, learned like, a lot it. <laughs> oh, it was super interesting so yeah thank you so much yeah for thanks for being here Cindy. yeah thanks for uh, <laughs> letting me ramble on about politics no one else lets yeah, me yeah. <laughs> like we never really get these times to really talk about it no. so it's nice to just sit down and yeah because yeah it's, it's something i used to talk a lot about a lot about with my friends as mm -hmm. well because we you know we're all young people yeah. who see what, what is happening in the world yeah. mm -hmm. and see how it all goes to shit basically mm -hmm. uh, everything is on fire and we're all dying yeah there are people there that raise their voice now i feel yeah. there is a good movement yeah. now the, the, are, the, the, is... the, the younger generation i i feel there's there's a lot of like energy right yeah. now that yeah. this whole generation before they were a bit like more like consuming silent but i, th I think now there's a lot of change I yeah. I, yeah people raise their voice and they're not afraid to stand up for what they believe in yeah it's like a really dark place that we're in right now but i think there is i think there is like hope for yeah. change like a and sure. that's like often said like people things need to go blow up in our faces before a change can happen yeah. and before it often has to be too late before we realize yeah. that we were mm. doing okay mm. so we're just the ones who have to go through the blowing <laughs> yeah. yeah this is our generation yeah. <laughs> yeah um but yeah if you guys have anything to if you guys want to like comment on what we've just been talking about we would love to hear what you like what your thoughts are and if you have your own experiences please write yeah. us i love um, it, when you guys send us feedback, it's yeah, really just write on and comment on on YouTube, YouTube, Twitter, Twitter. Yeah. We got email. We got like all us, the things. Share the us. Discord, Discord. Check out Celine's. Yeah, check. Stream. We we didn't get to talk about Celine's stream, but Celine's we do streams. another one. <laughs> we'll do another one. Yeah, we do another one tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, I will post some links for you guys to click on, and yeah. Oh, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you all. Thank you. Next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. <laughs>